Okay, Shalom. <coughs> so last time we spoke about Olam Haba, and we left off with the question that if the purpose of this world is the Kosh created another being in order to give to the other being, so why aren't we sitting um, right now um, being Davik to him? Um, and we'll get there in a second, but I just want to circle back on one more point. The last time we kind of spoke a little bit about Olam Haba and how the Remchal describes Olam Haba, as being Mizdabek to Baruch Hu, and through that connection, being able to enjoy the bliss of, of um, perceiving the perfection that is Hashem. We, we spoke about, we spoke it a little bit at length. Actually, interesting enough that a Rebbe in, in Yeshiva and I were schmoozing this week, and he brought up, he says, you know, when you have a question and answer session, a terrible thing could come up. Like, a kid could ask a question like, why is it there's no Olam Haba written in the Torah? Right? And, right, and I said, oh, well, we just spoke about that last Sunday, actually. It's the morale, because Olam Haba can't be understood. And it's something that Torah is written through the frame of Nevoah. And, and I told him, really, it's the other way around. He said, oh, it's a good answer. It's a good, like, Teretz, but it doesn't, you know, really, um, you know, the question's better. I said, no, actually, I find the answer to be very good. And I was thinking about it, that why is the answer very good, that the morale's answer, that the Torah is written through Nevoah, that you understand that anything that is written in the Torah is verifiable. Anything that was in the Torah was something which was perceived directly through the Navi. It's, it's almost the difference between, like we gave the Moshe last week, you know, a scientist that looks at a bacteria under a slide versus a, um, a physicist that is predicting that there should be some elusive subparticle, right? So yes, Olam Haba we can understand Chachma from extrapolating, but you can't see it through Navua. Everything in the Torah is verified. It's been seen by a Navi. It's, it's, it gives you a tremendous Nechama to know that every single word in the Torah, Moshe Rabinu experienced and Kalei experienced on Har Sinai. There's nothing there which requires any extrapolation or any, or any, or any jump. The words are absolute, verifiable MS from a person in this world. So it's just interesting that but, but last week, Oren asked me the question. He said, well, you know, Kosh Baruch Hu, um, we, we find that Remchal talking about the idea of Dveikis and, and that we're Mizdabek Kosh Baruch Hu in the next world. Well, is there any concept of Dveikis in this world? So I just want to speak about that briefly. Briefly, this, the, this concept of Dveikis, briefly. Um, which is that, like we said last week, Ein Rasa, that no one has ever seen Olam Haba, all the details of Olam Haba are, are very sketchy, we can only extrapolate them with our Chachma and try to understand the ideas, we can't understand it in, in, intrinsically or internally. Um, but Lamaisa Kosh did create this world to some degree as a Moshul and Dimyan to the next world. So there are elements in this world from which, again, we can extrapolate to the nature of Dveikis in the next world, and there are examples of dveikis that we have in this world, which are a sliver or a sense of what Olam Haba is like. For Shabbos example, me'ena. Shabbos is me'ena Olam Haba, very good, right? Shabbos me'ena, right? Like Chazal tells, to'emea chayim zochu, those who taste it are zoicha and chayim. What chayim were they zoicha? Do the ultimate chayim of being connected to a Kodesh Baruch Hu in the next world, right? There's a concept of a ti'ima that you can have in this world, a taste. But Chazal use the lashon of, of that Shabbos is one sixtieth of Olam Haba. So it's impossible, I mean, again, I've never seen him a core for this, but it's impossible to think that Shabbos is really one-sixtieth of the pleasure of the next world. That, that's not a possible thing. The pleasure of, those wor- of the next world is not calculated into the currency of, 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 right, well, not just, not just the challenge, right, exactly. Oh, it cannot be calculated the challenge. Don't <laughs> underestimate the challenge. Follow my son. No, you're right, 100%. I tried my challenge. Uh, yeah, I haven't tried, you're right. Maybe I would think it's taka is a one-sixtieth of Olam But it can't be, because this world is a finite world. The next world is connecting to the Yichon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The two worlds, it's, it's apples and oranges. Like Ramchal said, we spoke last week, that no shlemis in this world can we say, oh, that Shlemus is like 
make the shlemis of a kodesh baruch because it's apples and oranges, right? If I would compare cars, I want to bring back the 2002 Toyota Corolla again, right? If I compare cars, I could say, wow, that Tesla is is shlemis in comparison to my my, my Toyota Corolla, but but I. I, I can't compare two things that have no yachas to it, that no similarity. Kodesh Baruch is a, y- a yachid, shalem and kumine shlemes, olam haza is limited, it's finite, it's imperfect by nature. There can't be an experience in this world which is a ratio of the next world. So what does Chazal mean that it's, it's, it's 1 60th? In my mind, what, what they're saying is the following, that 1 60th is, is the shear for bittel. We know that if a pig falls into a cholent and you pull it out, and you have the Tom that left, oh, we're going to get a class over here, the Tom leaves the pig, Tom Kicker, Tom leaves the pig and it enters into the Cholent. So if the Cholent is 60 times greater than the piggy, so then the Tom of the piggy is bottle in, in, the, in the Cholent. Mm-hmm. Having 160th, so what's the shear for that? It would have to be not that, not that the piggy was 160th of the Cholent, it's the, pig, the Cholent would be 60 times out of the piggy, right? So what's one. Well, again, you have one sixtieth means that there are sixty parts, right. and the one is one out of the sixty parts, and there are fifty nine other parts. Right. When you have a cholent and a pig falls in, the cholent has to be the sixty parts, okay. and the pig has to be okay, so less it's like than a sixty parts. Share. Right, exactly. So, in order to bottle, if you actually have one sixtieth, it's not bottle. You need sixty times the the item, the item, the item in question. Right. So, one sixtieth is the most minimum amount that you can have without having it be. Bottle. So Chazal are saying that Shabbos is the closest experience in this world that you can get any kind of a main of the next world, right? It's not a chelik of Olam Haba. It's just as much as we can go. Like up until 60. Once you hit 60, finish. Finito. Nothing's left. So we're saying that it's 160th, meaning that of the physical world, even though you can't compare the worlds whatsoever, this is the closest dogma that you can get, even though we're comparing apples and oranges. That's the muscle, I think, of 160. So if that's sort of a beautiful machshava, um, I, I, have to, I forgot what he's telling it on. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a Mishnah Perkyavis. But he, it says that, uh, that um, Kol Hanas Elamaza is not even a Kuras Ruach of the next world. That all the Hana, this world, is not even a whiff on the outside of, this, of the smell, even of Elam Haba. So if you think about a whiff or a smell, a smell is not the thing itself. It's it's very much so almost like shade. It's something which is which is projected from the from the thing itself. It it it, it has some level of the metzias of the thing itself, but it, but it's not. It's it's only that which is um, projected outward of the thing itself, right? Almost like the the ziv or the covid of something which comes off something is not the, the, the element itself. Rather, it is something which 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 comes off from from something. The rishiva walks in the room and you experience his covid and everybody stands up. You're not experiencing him. You're experiencing the sense of him in the room. So the smell is always the sense of the thing itself. So we talk about the smell of Olam Haba, we're not even talking about Olam Haba. We're talking about a semblance of Olam Haba. And all the Hana of this world is not even coming close to a whiff of the next world. So Rav Dessler says a very cute dogma to illustrate this. He says, let's take for a second, imagine all of the Hana that you can possibly imagine. Guy, you're nodding. You remember this, Rav Dessler, right? Imagine all the guy knocked out Chelag of, of, of Rav Dessler. Imagine you take all the Hana of this world. So let's add it up right now, okay? So all the, the we're, gonna, we're, we're not even going to say the things that are illicit, right? All the yummy foods that exist in this world. If you're into that, all the roller coasters, that's not cool enough for me, right? All of the vacations, all the COVID, all of the compliments, all of the, you name every taiva, every tainig, emotional, physical, under the sun of one generation. And even the sniff, not even Olam Haba itself, but even the sense of Olam Haba that's exuded from the outside of Olam Haba, so to speak. It's bigger than that. But forget this generation. 
Now take that amount of Hana and span it across the entire history of the world. And still, the Sniffle Elam Haba, the sense is greater than, than that. So whatever dveikus that we experience in the Kosh Baruch Hu in this world is only a mashal ba'alma, and not even a good one, for what the sense of being double to Kosh Baruch Hu. The next world is, but Hashem did give us a sense of it in this world, and Shabbos is, is, is one such example. So leading to that point, to the, to, I guess the segue into Yom Kippur, is that we know the Yom Kippur is called Shabbos Shabbosin. It's the ultimate Shabbos, right? That on Shabbos Kodesh we eat, and we enjoy the physical, and we also connect to the spiritual. So the famous muscle that the, um, that the Baal Shem Tev brings, Baal Shem Tev says that once upon a time there was a, um, a, a prince, and the prince was, if I remember the muscle right, the prince was in Gaulis from his father, from the palace, whatever the story was, and one day he gets word that he's going to be allowed to come back. So he's so excited, and, and he wants to, you know, he wants to sing, and he wants to dance, but the Balamaisa, he doesn't want to make a fool of himself. Um, everyone sees him singing and dancing, and understand when he's partying, he doesn't want to reveal to them what, what the story is. So what does he do? He throws a big party with all the peasants of the city, and they're drinking and singing all kinds of, you know, Cossack songs and whatnot, and, the, and, the, and they're all dancing, and the prince is, is dancing. Their dancing is a... Fake dancing, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, um, revelry or whatever the word is. It's a, you know, they're, they're having a frat party. They're having a good time. That's my, that's my, that's my English right there. <laughs> Not so chashif. Yeah, the frat party over there. And he, and he is dancing because he knows he's going back to his father's palace. It says about Shabbos that that's the Moshul Shabbos. That really Shabbos is man for the Neshama to be connecting back to Kosh Baruch Hu. And the Neshama is b'simcha g'dayla. But the Neshama knows that if it's going to be by itself, it's going to be dancing by itself, it's going to be mizdabit to Kosh Baruch Hu b'simcha, the goof is going to get upset and going to drag it down. So what does it do? On Shabbos, Kodesh, Kosh Baruch Hu, a mitzvah, and Shabbos, you slap the goof also, you know. You eat, you enjoy the cholent, Mr. Goof, and while the Neshama has the ability to go and be Mizdabik. So I remember I once got into a debate with a person about Derek uh, Agav um, about about you know whether or not you know the ruchnius of Shabbos is the is the cholent. And I told him you're, you know you're, you're you're out of your mind. You know the, in Chanami it's a mitzvah in Shabbos. The Rosh says that any yid that doesn't have hot food on Shabbos is a shaila is a kaifer, right? Right in Chanami yes it's very important and and but but we have to understand that the ikar is in the shama and yes we are bribing our body and we want our body to be involved in it also and the, we want the body to be engaged. And happy and besimcha to allow the nachas for the neshama. So a person at the Shabbos table and it's focused around the cholent and he speaks about you know sports scores or whoever whatever else is going on in the world and he's not singing zmiris and he's not singing the vayteira and there's no engagement of his seichel on Shabbos then you you you've, you've missed it out like you fed the peasants and and you and you didn't have a good time yourself right so so that just something to keep in mind but yes but Shabbos is a sense of doing that but there is this element of the physical which is by Shabbos which to some degree almost blocks the ultimate tainig that you can have. Yom Kippur is called Shabbos Shabbosin. Um, and the Svarim speak of the idea that on Yom Kippur there's a giloy from the Oilam Atainig. The Oilam Atainig, Oilam Bina, Bria, whatever the Svarim speak about. There's this element of, of Tainig, of Oneg on Yom Kippur. I what Oneg, we're not eating. The answer is that it's a higher level of Oneg on, on Yom Kippur. Like the Kuzari says, we are like the Malcheshares. We wear white, we don't eat. We don't have marital relations, right? We all the things that, that are a nature of people that are in the physical world, like malachim, you know, that we, we are like malachim on that day. Um, and, and it's a chance for a person to be mispashate from his guf, to separate and peel off the outer layer of his body. I mean, obviously with limitations, we're still human, we're alive, it's olamaza. Don't think you're going to float up to shemaim. It's not like that. But again, within the framework of the physical world, to experience the utmost that one could experience, that ability is there on Yom Kippur because we're able to break down the physical. In fact, the inuyim says, 
you will afflict your nefesh. So we know the nefesh is the lowest part of the, soul, the very souls. We'll talk about this more later in the Sefer. There's a nefesh and a ruach and a shama, we'll get there. The nefesh is the part of your soul which bonds to your physical being. The anisam es nafshu It's the part of your body which is engaged in taiva. In fact, behema is referred to as something that has a nefesh, also an animal also that has, has, has a nefesh. Our nefesh is more complex, but, but the nefesh is the physical component of us. The anisam nasu sheikham, it doesn't mean that by fasting you are afflicting yourself as a kapara. That's not the pshat. Pshat is that you are, you are, you are, you are, you um, want anisam in English, you are afflicting your nefesh, meaning you're beating down your body. Right? You're causing your body, you're telling your body today suppressing. Is, is suppressing it, exactly. Today is not your day, right? In fact, the famous Gematria, Hasaltin is 364. Yom Kippur is the only day where there isn't a Yetzirah, so to speak, whatever, you know, exactly that, that um, whatever exactly that that, that, that that means. But that on Yom Kippur is a day where a person, the natural drives of his body, he's able to beat down and be able to experience a spiritual take is the Kosh while in this world and enjoy the oinig and the pleasure of what it means to be connected to, to a Kosh Baruch So the, inu, the inuyim really are, are ways that a person can, can break free of the hold of his, of his body and his physical drive and experience a Shabbos Shabbosan, the ultimate, the ultimate um, Shabbos. So, you know, a person, I, I heard this Ara once, um, I mean, they say in, in the Shabbat and Yeshivas is that on Tisha B'Av, who can eat? Who can eat, right? The basement was destroyed. Who, who can eat? On Yom Kippur? Who wants to eat? Why would you want to do that? You could be so close to God's Baruch So a person spends the whole day worried about his caffeine pill. I'm not, I, I take caffeine pill. A person spends the whole day worried about his like this and like that and, he, and what he's going to eat afterwards and he's not feeling good. And, and he's so focused on the physical then, then, then the Inuyim are accomplishing almost the, the opposite. Like let go and, and realize today is not your, your, your Gulf's day. Today is your Neshama's day and you can connect. In fact, I heard once that the five Inuyim Actually, can I get the five parts of your soul? The five davenings, or can I get the five oasis of, of the Yudkei Bavkei, the different spiritual worlds, and the Elah is the fifth world, the highest world, the world of, of Adam Kadman, whatever it means. But the point is that we reach a certain height, which culminates in the Elah, um, in Vekas HaKosh Baruch. So I'm, I'm, I'm describing this ecstatic day of connection to HaKosh Baruch, and yet it's also a day of Kaparasavainis, right? So how do the two fit together? It, it's Pasha. Chazal used two Lashainis when it comes to the Tahara on Yom Kippur. One is they compare Yom Kippur to a mikvah, and the other one is like we said on Sikhah says, right? And, and pour, I will, I will spritch paraduma water on you and, and give you Tahara. So I, I saw Rukhain Filander once says that there are two Mahalcham Akosh Brocho effects Kapara. On this day, the way Chazal call is what's called the Itsumo Shalyoim, the power of the day. This is the greatest. Revelation of a Kosh Baruch Hu in the physical world, the greatest dogma you're going to get in the next world is on Yom Kippur, and a Kosh Baruch Hu will reveal himself much more greatly in the world. Ad in the Mikdash that the Shem of Furish was said, and they felt the presence of Hashem, and the Kohen Gadol would utter the Shem of Furish, and they would bow down, having this experience of feeling the the Shechina when he would say Hashem's complete name. The Tahara comes about because a person is Mizdabek, speaking of Dvekis to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to some degree in this world. There are two world ways of dveikas. One is a person can admit all of his averis and he can undress, so to speak, right? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's like a mikvah, that he's totally surrounded in the reality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Mm-hmm. A mikvah only works if you take off your clothing. A mikvah only works if there's no chatzitza between you. So the more that a person is able to mizvad on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by dint of the fact that on this day you are surrounded in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all of these spiritual defects that you put in your body will be, or your soul, 
it culminates in Yom Kippur, right? It, 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 there is a later during these 10 days when Yom Kippur is the day of Kapara. And the Kapara works become, becoming part of a mikvah. Like by a mikvah, we have a halacha called hashaka. Hashaka is that we have waters that are not part of a bore. You have a bore, a 40 saw that's from rainwater, it's collected in one spot, or a Mayan, whatever, let's leave all the complexities of mikvahs. Yardea, mikvahs, today, look, we're getting halachatik today. Yeah, you have, you, have a, you have a mikvah, 40 saw, and you have other water that's connected to the mikvah. That water gains tahara by becoming connected to the mikvah itself. So too, Kodesh Baruch Hu reveals himself to us on whatever level of revelation that that is, even though we're, we're physical and we don't have basic mikdash, even when there was basic mikdash, there was a limit to it. And through that etzim revelation, we are connected to Hashem, and therefore all the tumah that's inside of us will be cleaned through hashaka, through the connecting of the waters, other waters being connected to the mikvah, and that's why mikvah Yisrael Hashem, right? Hashaka is, hashaka is when I have a bore of forty saw. Let's say I have a mikvah. So like in every mikvah, and if you go to the mikvah over here, you know there's right. that there's there's that that other section that has those boards down. Yeah. There's supposed to be rainwater in those and bo- and under under those boards, uh-huh. forty saw of rainwater. Once I do that, sorry, as long as the majority. No, 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 40 saw of rainwater. 40 saw of rain. Three lugan of, of drawn water will passel the, the, the rice, the rabbanon. But, but yeah, 40 saw of rainwater, and as long as I connect that water to other water, the other water becomes part of the mikvah also. So if you notice the mikvah, there's those holes. Right. You know the holes in the mikvah? In the mikvah, yeah. Right? That, those holes is because what they're putting in the main bore, in the main pit, is drawn water, not rainwater. But they're connecting that water to the water that's rainwater that's in the pit. That gives the water on the other side the status of being a kosher mikvah by dint of the water's connection to the other, by the, by the drawn water's connection to the rainwater. Mm-hmm. That's hashaka. So as long as the two waters are touching, mm-hmm. then, the, then the, the other water, which wouldn't have been fit for a mikvah, uh-huh. becomes part of the mikvah. Uh-huh. So too, through hashaka, by the revelation of Kodesh Baruch Hu, mikvah Yisrael HaShem, Kodesh Baruch Hu is the mikvah of the Jewish people, then all of the damage that we've done to our neshama through our averis, by being subsumed in a Kodesh Baruch Hu, it will bring tahara to those areas. But a mikvah, Rechaim Friedlander says, you have to remove the chatzitzas. You have to remove the, the, the barriers, your clothing. That's true. That's true. You have to clap al chait. But we're not always to be able to reach down and figure out everything that we did wrong and repent over it on Yom Kippur, even though we try really hard, right? So there's another mahalach. I'll throw water on you. Zerika is always from far away. That even if you can't be makar of yourself to Kosh Baruch Hu on Yom Kippur, Kosh Baruch Hu still from afar is able to be mechaper by Zerika. Um, there's two mashalim. Kosh Baruch Hu is like a mikvah and Zerika. Uh-huh. That's it, right? That, that's what he's saying, right? So those are the Masham. But, but the difference is that mikvah obviously is a much greater form of, of, of tahara because it's an immersion in it. But if you're not zaycha and a person is sincere, then the Kosh is able to be zayrik from afar. But again, the way Yom Kippur works is because it's a day of dveikas. So in the process of that dveikas to Hashem, when a Kosh is surrounding you and therefore purifying you by dint of your connection to him, a person feels the tainug, the joy, and the pleasure of what it means to be connected to the Kodesh Baruch Hu. So Yom Kippur is a very powerful day. If a person can get over his guf and rise above it and, 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 and not focus on his body and focus on the tefillahs and focus on the shears and tishbachos to the Kodesh Baruch Hu. I remember one year, I'm, I'm running, a, I want to get something Hashem here, and, but this is part of Dveikas. My point is that this world, they are mashalim to Dveikas to the next world, right? Yom Kippur is a very powerful example. I remember one year, it was, it was in Yeshiva, and uh, there was a guy, you know, more of a, more of a blue-collar type, type worker. Nothing wrong with blue-collar people. I'm sure they could be very spiritual people, but this guy was not. I mean, I mean well, yeah, he's a beautiful person, but, you know, a little gruff, a little gruff, you know. And, and, and uh, this was many, many years ago. And, um, you know, Yom Narayim, clearly, he's constantly pacing, walking out of the room, like, you know, you have a whole room up in song, and this guy's, you know... And I remember I look up, 
during the Ila, and there he was, singing. Okay. No, singing. Shiro is the Tishbacha, is getting all into it, you know? And I said, ah, oh, this is the power of the Ila. This is what it means that, that every Yid has the opportunity on Kippur, no matter his background, no matter what it is, to be able to misdabek and have some level of Kesher and Dvekis to a Baruch So yes, in your question you asked last week, Sadiqim and people of very big Madrego all throughout the year, they have this ability to have some level of Dvekis and no, it is not Olam Haba, but it is a, a semblance of Olam Haba, 160th if even, right? But it exists on Yom Kippur, though, is a time of, of, of Shabbat Shabbosan, whereas the ultimate ability to have, to have, to have, um, to have to have oinig. So, so yes, of course, we did create some muscle to that um, in, in, in this world. Okay, l- 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 yeah. Can I ask, well, sure, please. You were talking about the five parts of the soul, and there was um, referring to the nefesh, which you were saying is more connected to the goat. Right. So there, I, I we we call that the life force of a person. Right. So I thought there's this idea that when you go to sleep, there's certain parts of your... That leave you. That go up, and they get cleaned and come back, but the, nef- the nefesh is what stays with you? So I you, think so. So yes. So what you're saying is like or the, parts is, of the so Yom Kippur is, is a way to do the, the, the dry cleaning for the, the nefesh part that's most attached. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you're, 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 gets cleaned kind of night. You're, you're right, but I'm sure there's yeah, hundred percent. Hmm. I hear it could be, could be. I mean, again, I, I don't know to what degree a, a person achieves the kapara when he's sleeping. I, I definitely, you know, the Rambam is going to talk about this later. That for sure, you know, the human. Human being gets tired and you lose energy, and when the rest of the neshama goes up, it reconnects to its source and comes back down, and then that gives you the energy that you need for the the next day. To what degree is that accomplishing a, a kapara? You know, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, because we'll create one different kapara. Um, you know, again, Could be we, we, there are levels, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about this um, when we get there. But you should know that just on the topic, once you're interested, that the the world of nefesh is the world of Misa. So any physical averes that we did are registered as a pagam or as a um, destruction or a blemish on the nefesh. The ruach is about dibor, speech, right? And again, we'll talk more way later in the Sefer. We're getting ahead of ourselves here. But ruach is speech. So there's a, a tikkun in the realm of, of, of speech by the ruach. And the neshama already is going to be the realm of machshava, thoughts, right? It's a much higher level of a person, much harder to sully the neshama than it is the lower parts of yourself. In fact, this or kares that we have when a person is cut off, it says... It says badafka Lashon over there of, of, of nefesh, right? It's a cutting off of the lower part of yourself. But yeah, yeah, deep stuff, you know, you know, and uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. But yeah, yeah, I, I hear the, I hear, I hear the, I hear the ha'ara. Okay. Um, Ulam God, so we're holding here on Ozbeis, and so now we're going to continue. So now that we've described this beautiful world of Vekas, Akash Baruch Hu wanted to give to man, so why aren't we there? Ulam. And we're not going to have time to fully cover this topic now, but we're going to start. Ulam God, Hashem's Chachmah decreed. That in order for a Kodesh Baruch Hu's goodness to be complete, that the person that's going to get the, the Hana, is going to get the recipient of the benefit or the enjoyment of his giving, has to be Baal HaToyvahu. He himself has to be the owner of his own goodness, meaning it can't be a freebie. It has to be something that he is the bow on his own goodness. So when a person is going to sin Olam Haba on cloud nine connected to Kosh Baruch Hu, I don't even know where that expression comes from. It might be trafe. Yeah, right? So a person is going to sit connected to Kosh Baruch Hu, he has to have some ownership on the goodness that he's receiving from Hashem. So as opposed to being an absolute passive player who did nothing to deserve it and is not a partner and is just... You know, almost like 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 the concept in the keva is purely just a, a receiver. There has to be some element where 
it's his. He owns it. He, he did something for it. He's part of the process. He's not just being um, impressed upon, right? But rather, he's, he's actively involved. So that, that he has to be the owner of his own goodness. So perish, what does that mean? How do you become the owner of your own goodness? He has to have acquired that goodness himself. It can't be that he just got the tov through what we call derech mikra, through a happenstance fashion, right? Like if we were just created and one day we were in Olam Haba, so it would be very happenstance. Like here we are, like I'm alive, I'm aware, I'm an, individ- I'm an independent entity outside of Gosh and I'm receiving a tremendous amount of pleasure from Hashem. Where did I come from? Why did I get it? Right? There's nothing. There's nothing there for that. Rather, no, it has to be where we went through Olam Haza, we, we struggled, we made decisions, and then the tov that we're receiving, to some degree, is earned, and, and it's not an accident. Now, the Remchalavir is going to explain a reason why we have to be the Bala Tov, why we have to be owners of our own goodness over there. And he's going to say, because that is considered to be, to some degree, a little bit of a comparison within the realm of possibility, within the amount that's possible, to a Kodesh Baruch Hu So when we earn it first, to some degree, we are like Hashem. Our self-definition is to some degree overlapping with a Kodesh Baruch Hu's self-definition. It's almost like a Venn diagram, right? You have the areas outside the center, and you have the areas we have overlap, right? When we earn our Olam Haba, when we do mitzvahs and we exercise good Bechira, we now, to some degree, are like Hashem. We're similar to Hashem. In nature, our nature and Kosh nature have an overlap. What is that? Because the Kosh himself, he is Shalem. He's perfect. Kosh is not Shalem in a way of happenstance. Not like, poof, they poofed one day at Kosh and he was perfect. No, it didn't happen that way. Hashem's good is, is intrinsic. It comes from himself. Do we know what that means? No, we don't know what that means. But it's true, right? Because Baruch Hu's goodness is not something which is happenstance. It's something which comes internally. He is the owner of... He causes himself to be Shalem. It comes from himself. Based on Akash Baruch Hu's nature, his, his, his existence is Mokrach. It's it, it perforce that he has to be perfect. And, and it has to be imperative, and it has to be imperative that he is devoid of anything which is lacking. So Kodesh Baruch Hu is not just randomly something which is Shalem, and randomly something that has no chisar. Kodesh Baruch Hu and his lack of chisar is something which comes from himself, intrinsically, from himself, exactly. So if we are mashlam ourselves, if we complete ourselves and we bring tov to ourselves and we are the partners in bringing that catch, that kesher and connection to us to Kodesh Baruch Hu, at that point at that point at that point no, 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 it's not, that's something else at that point, at that point, because no, we were created that way, right, we were created with Samalukim this is something we have to do to, to earn it to earn it, right, I mean you could reach the potential in theory, but 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 no, you have a sell even when you, even when you don't earn it. But we'll, we'll get there. We, um, at that point, when we earn it, our self definition becomes similar to Kosh Baruch self definition. We are both entities that have earned our goodness. We are both entities. Our goodness comes within from our own um, from us. It's from our own behavior. From Kosh Baruch which just comes from from himself. Ulam There's no other way around it. He says. Um, it, it, you can't find this by anybody else. Akosh Baruch Hu is the only being whose, whose, whose essence is perfect 100% from himself. 
our perfection, even if we earn it, it's still not going to be 100% from ourselves. Why not? Because we're human. We're human. So he gave us mitzvahs in order to, oh, well, I earned the mitzvahs, I did them, right? Who gave you the hand, who gave you the neshama, who put the mitzvah there, who created all the, everything you needed to do the mitzvah, right? Kodesh Baruch Hu, right? Really, he set us up, and he, and he says, okay, within the little world that I created for you, make good decisions and be shleimus. But the entire environment of our existence, is, like we spoke about already in, in the previous year, we are 100% taloy on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We do not have any independent existence whatsoever. I know we spoke about this with Rosh Hashanah, but Rosh Hashanah was the one day of the year, usually we, we, throughout the year we don't focus on this. We focus on the idea that really HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us and, and we have the opportunity to serve Him and to come close to Him and we celebrate that we're Kla Yisrael and the immutable connection between the Jewish people on HaKadosh Baruch Hu and how we're the purpose of reality and every Moed reflects that to one way or another. Mitzrayim, we were chosen to be a nation and Shavuos, we receive the Torah, and Sukkot, we celebrate almost, you know, in the Sukkah of, of, of the connection to Gosh Baruch Hu from our Maisim. Rosh Hashanah is the one day where, where Kleiser, who's daimit to the moon, did we speak about this in a share before? I don't think so. Rosh who's daimit to the moon, right, it says, the moon's not out that day. There is no moon, right? Why not? Because Kleiser is up for din. Do we have any schos to continue that year or not? We are not assured existence. Every year, Gosh Baruch Hu makes a din, and he re- you know, it's almost like the, the government has these continuing resolutions for funding the government, right? Every year they got to sign the star again, and one guy could say, I'm not signing, and next thing you know, the government's bankrupt, right? Right? There's a continuing resolution. Chaim is not a given that we exist, right? So the moon, which represents the Jewish people, and the Shlemus of the moon always represents the Jewish people, based on Mikdash was the 15th generation from the, from, um, from I believe from Avram Avinu, and the Mela, that's, um, that's, that's like the 15 days of the month, and the moon's shining its fullest, Pesach and Sukkot, um, which are again holidays celebrating the Jewish nation. It's always the fifteenth of the month when the moon is at its fullest, right? At every Mayid, even if it's Shavuos, which is the sixth of the month, or Yom Kippur, which is the tenth, there's always a moon. Rosh Hashanah is the one holiday. There's no moon. Why? Because your reality is up for question. Will you rebore yourself? Will you, re- will you have a rebirth? Will you be born again? Will Kodesh Baruch recreate you for this year, or will he not? Right? At at our core. We don't have any intrinsic existence. So Kosh Baruch Hu, though, gave us the ability to do mitzvahs to give us a sense as if that we own our own goodness. But ultimately, the only one who owns his own goodness is the Kosh Baruch Hu. He was kind enough to at least create a, 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 a hechatimsa, to create a... Um, English. Space. A space, to create a space, to create a framework where we could, to some degree, also be the owners of our own good. But the key word over there is to some, to some degree. Right? So he's limited. Only a Kosh do you find this. But for us to be, to some degree, comparable to a Kosh at the very least, says Ramchal, you have to earn your Shlemes. And it has to be that your, your, your essence is not being Machriach you. You yourself have to remove the chesronas ashiu asharimbo that are as possible for you to do. I just want to point out that Ramchal constantly has a diak here. He talks about the idea of being shalem without chesaron by Kodesh Baruch Hu. And by us, he says that we are not, our goodness is not something which is automatic. We have to be kaina our shlemis. We have to be kaina our completeness. And we have to remove our chesaron. You have an element of shlemis and chesaron. The two things, you know, just cut them out. Shlemis by definition means that there's no chesaron. So why is Ramchal busy with shlemis and chesaron? Completeness and lack of lackingness. 
The answer is, is because, you know, we are given two mitzvahs. We're given a mitzvah's ase and mitzvah's loisase. Mitzvah's ase is building shlemis within the person. Mitzvah's loisase is removing all the elements of ourselves that are removed from our Kodesh Baruch Hu. When we do a mitzvah, we make our entity that much more so like a Kodesh Baruch Hu's existence. When we do an Avera, though, we make our self-definition and the entity of ourselves that much more removed from a Kodesh Baruch Hu. So... There's two ways you can go. And you have free will. There's a spectrum. You can move toward a Kodesh Baruch Hu, you move away from a Kodesh Baruch Hu. So a Kodesh Baruch Hu created us where we are not totally Shalem, and we need to both engage in positive activities that bring us closer to the Kodesh Baruch Hu, and simultaneously also not to be involved in negative activities that move us farther away from a Kodesh Baruch Hu. So by gaining Shlemus, we have a natural, he's going to talk about this too, there's a natural Chisarn that's an Adam that we are going to fill. So we're removing our Chisarn and we are gaining. Shlemis. And the point of a mitzvah's assay is to bring a person close to a shaman. And so it's is that you shouldn't put more chisarin into your, into your, into your, into yourself. Um, it's an interesting um, idea along these lines that um, the Rambam speaks about the idea that when a person does, um, he violates a mitzvah's assay, he doesn't put on tefillin one day. Right? Um, and he does tshuva, he's forgiven on the spot. On the spot. That's it. Nothing to worry about. person does a negative commandment. He eats something he shouldn't eat. Then he does tshuva. He's not forgiven on the spot. The tshuva is toilet. It's suspended until Yom Kippur comes. And then Yom Kippur will then take away. Right? So the Baal Tanya asks a great question. He says, in general, what's more choshva? Mitzvah's ase or mitzvah's loy sase? A negative commandment or a positive commandment? So he says it's clearly a positive commandment. We have a concept in the Torah that ase doicha loitase. A positive commandment pushes away a negative commandment. Let's give an example. Let's say you have a baby that has saras on his aver, right? He has saras on, on the place where the mila needs to go. Um, we know there's a negative commandment. One's not allowed to cut out your saras. person has saras, he cannot surgically remove the saras. He has to rather go through the purification process for saras. But he has a mitzvah of, of doing mila on the eighth day. So there we say the concept that an ase is doicha elotase. The positive commandment of mila is stronger and will push away the negative commandment of cutting out the tzaras. So we see an ase is more powerful than a loitase. So says the Baal why is it that lotases do not get forgiveness and they're suspended? Even if you tshuva, you did something bad in the middle of the year, you say, Hashem, I'm so sorry I did this, ne- this negative commandment. Nara, I hear what you said, says Hashem. I'm going to hold on to that one. Comes Yom Kippur, you go in the mikvah, which the Kosh Baruch we spoke about, oh, purified, you're good. Mitzvah's Asa, though, I'm so sorry, I didn't put on tefillin today, I can't believe I didn't do that, right? No, no don't worry, you don't, you don't have to worry about it. You don't, you don't have to worry about it, that is going to be forgiven right away. All right, let me hear the question. Mm-hmm. Other question? Yeah. yeah. Okay, say so he, when, when Tovia returns, Tzadik. Oh, so the Talatagya says the answer is the following. He says it's true, and, and Asay is more chashiv. But the only slicha you're getting for an Asay is that you broke Hashem's routes, and Hashem put on tefillin, and you didn't listen. The fact that you didn't listen to Hashem, He'll forgive you on the spot. No problem. Amitzah's leis Asay, though, you actually cause damage to yourself, to yourself spiritually, and to the spiritual worlds around you, the physical world. You, 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 you broke something. You went into the king's palace, and you started breaking stuff. To that, you need Yom Kippur, and like we spoke about before, the mikvah of Baruch will come, and by connection to Hashem, it will fix all of the blemishes, and all the cancers, and all the wounds, and the cuts, right? That's what's going to happen on, on Yom Kippur. 
But the mitzvahs asay though, granted, all you all you need is just forgiveness. You know, you forgot to do something for the king. You say, or for your parents, or whoever. You say, I'm sorry, I, I forgot to do it. Well, you know, they say, okay, I forgive you. But you can't make it up <laughs> because you lost the opportunity. The ability to put on tefillin that day is gone. It will never come back. Yom Kippur can't help you for that. You, you got you, you, you're the husband every day. <laughs> There's no Dutch Lumen. Ma'avajalkoliskain, right? The, the Khazal say certain certain things can't be can't be fixed. So all you can get is slicha. Slicha, a says, I'll give you on the spot. You want to be forgiven? I'll forgive you. I'm Mrs. I'll forgive you on the spot, but I'm sorry, you, you broke stuff. So we have to wait till Yom Kippur is the one day a year when I'll reveal myself until the point that I will be able to purify everything that you broke. So so I have no problem forgiving you on the spot, but we can't fix the damage until Yom Kippur. When Mitzvah Asay, though, there's no damage to fix. You just lost. And that's what the Mechal over here is saying. He's saying there's two elements. There's being mashlam yourself. We have to understand that every Mitzvah that we do, we are being mashlam ourselves. We are making ourselves more like a Kodesh Baruch Hu. And those opportunities are one-time opportunities, right? And whereas with Chisreinus, every time we do a Mitzvah Asay, we move our, our definition closer to Shem, we become closer to Hashem as opposed to having things that are lacking far away from our Kodesh Baruch Hu. But what a Mrs. Loisasa does makes us more chaser and, and it damages us and then slides us farther on the scale away from a Kodesh Baruch Hu, right? That, that's, that's the, the site of, 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 of Yom Kippur. There is more to talk about this. Let, let's just continue the paragraph. I have, I have to run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we just finish this one last little little, little paragraph? Are you good? Yeah. Okay, so, so we should hold it. We'll hold it here. We'll go ahead. Oh, the last little paragraph. There's one line, and we'll, we'll speak about it next, next time. Okay, God's received a Shibru and Yonish Shalim is We just spoke about this actually ourselves. Therefore, Kosh Baruch created things in the world that are Shalim and that are Chaser, right? He created things like mitzvahs, and he created things that are Averis. So he didn't call them mitzvahs Averis, and he calls them things that create Shlemis and things that are have lacking. The Tibara Biria, and he created a being, that's you and me, Sheabah, Sharis Lashlein Yonim Bishavet. We have the option to either move toward those things that give us completeness, or to move toward those elements he's going to create that drag us away from him. Hashem gave us the means for us to be able to acquire them as a shlemes, the things that make us perfect. He gave us means and abilities to remove the things that make us lacking. And now, so what does that mean? It means he gave us mitzvahs, he gave us averas, he gave us a body, he gave us elam haza. He created everything that we have in this world as a stage in order that this being he wants to give to will have the potential to gain perfection and have the potential to remove elements of lacking this from himself and therefore be considered... Um, that he is like Hashem, that he earned his own tove. Then for it will be called, Then to some degree, he will be considered as if he made himself more similar to his creator. And then he will be fitting to connect to Hashem and to have Hana from Hashem. So what we need to work out next week, and we'll circle back to this idea next week, is that why, what does the Mechal mean that we have to be like Hashem in order to be Mizdabek to Hashem? The Mechal is telling us that if we don't become the Baal of our own tov. if we do not become the owners of our own goodness, if we do not acquire our own perfection, then this whole concept of being connected to HaKadosh Baruch and Olam Haba cannot work. So we're going to have to be masber a little bit why we need to be the Baal HaTov in order to have this Vekas, this Kesher, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu connected in the next world. Okay, Shkaya. 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 Shkaya.